0: Four O'Clock Football Frenzy.
1: Hey, you hit me so hard
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The Four O'Clock Football Frenzy. On Cofield and Company. Company.
2: This Friday, we got a football game on. Uh, UNLV's taking on Fresno State, uh, trying to get the first win of the season. Not going to be easy. Short week. Team is beat up. Getting 30 and a half. And Fresno's a lot better than I thought they'd be. It's a good program, but, man, they've kicked some uh, booty or came damn close to kicking uh, other booty. They beat UCLA. They fell just short of Oregon. We'll see what happens with our quarterback, Jake Hayner. which, by the way, I think is kind of interesting in the line, too. I think Fresno actually got up big. That I don't know that they're going to pour it on. Yeah. Now, on the Rebel side, uh, you know, much of their hopes in being a little more competitive than a lot more competitive than they were against Iowa State is on uh, Doug Brumfield. He can play right now. Uh, the guys behind him, for all different reasons, are still developmental. Right. Uh, Brumfield did go through workouts the last couple of days, he was moving around pretty well. Uh, I'll, I'll put some video up, you know, a little later of him throwing. So he, he looked fine. Uh, Behind him, it appeared to me today that the two is Cameron Friel. The three is Tate it's not gonna be Tate Martell. So Tate Martell was in a walking boot today. On his left foot. I don't think it's just maintenance. Sometimes it's precautionary.
3: Sometimes. I don't I don't
2: think it's just maintenance. You know, because that's you'll hear that sometimes, like, hey, we're just gonna protect him for three days yeah. with the boot. So I think it might be a little while. We'll see. Things can change, but it's a short week. Medical shirt? <laughs> I mean, it's year twelve, right? So he's got two. He's got this year and next year left, and it's a bummer, man. The fact you know, if he can't practice for at least a couple more days or a week, you know, I don't know officially what the deal is, but I, I don't think he's going to play against Fresno State. So that's no fun. That's no fun because I think he had a chance to be the change-up quarterback with some design runs. But uh, we'll see what progress he makes by Friday. <laughs> Uh, you know, we pointed out Kenny Gall- Galladay screaming, yelling at uh, it appeared to be Daniel Jones, a uh, Giants beef on the sidelines. And uh, again, these things happen all the time. So it's not the biggest deal. Um, I think it's I think it's bad from an optic standpoint Like you're new to the team. You, along with Kadarius, Tony's pissing and moaning about, you know, not getting the ball or, you know, Jones isn't getting your ball in the right place. Like everyone relax. So Galladay talked about Kadarius
1: Tony wasn't talking about football, though. What was he talking about? Oh, he just wasn't talking about football. People oh, overreacted. He tried to.
2: He tried to freaking. He was. <laughs> come on. Uh, in the case of Galladay, Galladay corrected it and was like, "No, nah, I was yelling at Jason Garrett." <laughs> well, that, that that's not any better. You know, I, in a weird way, I almost bad organizations get frayed from within. I, I'm not saying this is happening, but you almost wonder if, like, behind the scenes, are like, dude. You need to I'm talking about like going all the way up to Joe Judge. I don't think he would do this, but bad organizations, this kind of stuff can happen where Joe Judge talk to Galladay and be like, don't don't say you're yelling at Daniel Jones. The a fragile situation. We gotta get him right. You know what, Garrett though?
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Well, it's also like that
2: like if people are listening right now or that would never happen. I bet your ass it would've happened in Cleveland with you Jackson and freaking Todd Haley. Sure. Right? Because those guys were like banging heads. And then eventually Haley was bye-bye. Um, I'm not saying it's happening. But when you're a bad organization, you kind of rot
1: from within. Sure. But, I, I, I mean, I think with the who are you yelling at Jones or, or Garrett debate, I think it is – if you're on a Jones, I think people are like, that poor kid. Yeah. I think there is still this perception like Jones is just in over his head and why are you yelling at him? He's trying. Like Jason Garrett's an easy target. Everybody already hates him—not hates him, but like everybody always thinks already thinks he's a joke. So just say you're yelling at him. Why not? And and I think it's also more—it's easily, not easily explainable. But if you're yelling at the quarterback, it's almost certain that you're saying "Give me the ball." He's saying that he was talking to Jason Garrett about just schematic issues, not that he wants the ball more. Which I think you can at least try to justify. <laughs> Man, I battled you on Micah Parsons. It's
2: only a couple of games in, but, yeah, I was basing it on what I saw in Hard Knocks, and I didn't like his maturity level at times. But, man, once he gets on the field, if uh, his job is to pin his ears back and destroy people rushing, holy crap, there's some good video out of him going against, uh, was it Storm Norton, the backup right tackle for the Chargers? And, I mean, it's not like Parsons is like some, you know, 285-pound defensive end. I mean, he's a freaking linebacker.
1: He was was just – Destroying that dude like power moves, too. He's pretty awesome. Uh, he's a guy I think would have gone definitely higher if not for some off field questions, probably, probably his maturity. And I, I mean, I feel like you know, I'll, be, I'll base my judgment on hard knocks, too. Just like I liked him on hard knocks. Um, who knows what that means going forward? I mean, obviously, there's things it, the reports were it was very early in his college career, there were some maturity issues and some off the field things. Maybe he's hey. he's gotten older. You know, um, kids will drive around campus shooting paint guns uh, pain at uh, fellow students. So.
2: Sure. Yeah, just, they had go to Rutgers. Had, just had a Rutgers student do that, a Rutgers football player do that.
1: Um, but, listen, I'm not going to say he's he's reformed or he's great just because I liked him on hard knocks. Who knows? But he can certainly ball, and he he look great so
2: far. Bet MGM, NFL Rookie of the Year odds now. Defensive side. No, it's just Rookie of the Year. No, it's defensive. Uh, Parsons, 550. Patrick's for 10. So, has been really good. 550, uh, Davis from the football team, 8, Collins, Cardinals, 11, Quitty Pay. 13. So, long season, though. Relax. It's so all relaxed. Uh, Although, if you – Is Rousseau if, on if you, there, by
1: you, the way?
2: Is Gregory Rousseau on that list? I didn't see it. No, they, they, only, have, they only have the top five. Um, I said relax, but you know what? The, there, is a, there is a philosophy of betting and finding these numbers throughout the year, trying to get good numbers at different points. So, for sure, there might be a point where Micah Parsons is freaking plus one fifty, so well, five fifty could be good—a good number.
1: If you love a guy, if you you know, if you love Parsons and you're you know you you want to bet him, like you wait till maybe he has a bad game and somebody else has a great game and the numbers shift dramatically. So um, you just have to wait till the market is where you want it. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I was gonna say a nice bounce back by the defense of the Cowboys
2: that gives them some hope. But as we talked about yesterday with the game, they still allowed over four hundred yards offense. So. It was kind of a very, very much a bend don't break, and they made some big plays. Big plays in the
1: red zone. Yep. Yeah, to stop drives for sure. <laughs> it's early, Steve. Should we do it? It's early. It's very early. What? Are, what are you
2: doing? I was already it's, moving, it's I, was so move, I was gonna move. I was gonna move past it. Are you so gonna do early. this? Are you really no, ready, to do, you ready to do this? Are you ready to do this? <laughs> All right, so you guys love, uh, I say you, you and JVT and others, and I like it too, PFF. Um, but, you know, numbers are a big part of, analytics are a big part of the NFL. Um, so far, the numbers have not been great for the, I don't even know what he got, wound up getting paid. What is he, is he making 42 a year? For
1: 42 <laughs>
2: I feel like you're. I feel like you're now doing the Latino guy uh, video that everyone the, fills over the top. Fills just with that laugh, laugh with it. The... I'm Josh Allen. Enjoy, it,
1: enjoy the contract.
2: I am not worried, but I will say when you sign a guy to that much money,
1: you don't want him to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. That's what you're saying.
2: Has he been by the numbers? Yes. Has he? <laughs> Awful. Josh Allen has just, not been good, huh?
1: Just dreadful.
2: Okay.
1: Just dreadful. Well, you know, in every situation, by the take way. Take those victory laps when you can. But, uh, like, it, like, I'm saying, it's early. It, yeah. It's it's hilarious that he's been this bad because his numbers, all of his numbers, this is, like, you could say, well, it's a short sample. So it is. But line up his numbers in 2018 and 19 when he was awful with this year, how he started in two games, and they're the exact same. In all areas, against against the blitz, the clean pocket under pressure, all the areas. Uh, most concerning of all, what what was the problem with his first two years? He could not throw the ball downfield. He could throw. He has a big arm. He could throw it downfield, but it was nowhere near the intended receiver. All of a sudden, last year that changed, and he was unbelievable on deep on deep throws. And that's why he was so successful this year. It's the exact same as it was the first two years. He's back below twenty five percent, and again, it's two games but the numbers look exactly the same as they did when he was awful. So there there's definitely got to be some concern. Now, it was hidden and we me and JVT were actually talking about this on Sunday. People probably won't talk about how bad Josh Allen was Sunday because they won 35 nothing. And and it's real hard for people to comprehend like your quarterback was awful and you won 35 nothing. Um you also have to say the for the Raiders fans coming coming in, you know, this week, Miami's secondary kept that game from being like 56 to nothing. They were really good in a 35 nothing loss. But, yeah, it's it, – it has not been good. Now, I have almost no doubt that Josh Allen will be better at some point. He has, I mean, he has to be. He's been horrific. But it, it is funny that his first two games after the contract, he's been atrocious. You know, we had some fun yesterday
2: listening to the Vikings ending against the Cardinals. 'Cause we love Paul Allen, the play-by-play guy. Oh. No. And he got you know, he got dragged a little bit for it. He got a little too excited. High
0: snap, put down. Joseph, come on! It is good No he it's missed no it. It's so good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right.
1: He missed it right. Are right you my me? Oh my goodness Oh my No
2: That was actually the color voice. Paul Allen is a super fan.
1: God. And you know what? He's been there
2: forever. He does a talk show. Um, but he he's extremely high and then extremely low. When things are going bad for the Vikings, he
1: gets really pissed off. So hey, it's a style. It's a style. Yeah, you don't you don't even have to know the what's happening. You just listen to the the, the tenor of his voice.
2: So uh, so Ari went back in our computer where we save everything and dug up a little mix of <laughs> Some Vikings highlights from about, I don't know, 13, 11 years ago. Like, he really gets into it.
0: Second and two from the eleven. Pope ever short drop. Runs up the middle. 10-5. Score! Mm. But that very well could be holding on it Adam, Adam higher. It is. And he held Javon Curse. No! Holding. 78. Awesome. They hey, called man, 78. Hey, they called 78 there. Prior to the snap, ball starts, 83, offense, 5-yard penalty,
2: Wow. Out. Bottom line is the purple is imploding.
3: Ball starts, 83,
2: offense, Oh 5-yard penalty. And another nice play.
3: Holding,
0: 72, oh, offense, and higher. prior to the
2: pass. No! There you go. I need to correct that. That was actually from about 17 years ago. Ooh, Vast Sound Crew keeping everything. Nice job, Ari. Real nice job, buddy. Excellent.
0: Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. One. High snap, put down. Joseph, come on! It is good! No, he it's missed no it! Good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right. He missed it right. Oh right, my goodness. Oh. Oh my. No! Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. studio.
2: Rough times, rough times. Hate to see it. Hate to see it with the Vikings. Paul Allen on the call there. It's hard to see upstairs. It's hard to see the field goals. He was fired up. Uh, Vikings are 0-2. Cardinals are 2 i Now, Miles Simmons is with us for Pro Football Talk. Miles, how you doing?
3: Uh, better than Paul Allen was on uh, yeah. Sunday afternoon. I will say in his defense... Like the, the radio booth, I've been in there a couple of times going to whatever they call that stadium now in Glendale. Um, but like it is really hard to see, especially because you're up at a pretty high vantage point in the corner. So like if you are at the wrong angle, you really have no idea whether that thing is going through the uprights or not. He should have used the monitor.
2: Do we know anything about these teams through two games? Like, do you have a solid opinion on either team, the Vikings or the Cardinals?
3: No, uh, no. I mean, like, I I think that, okay, because my preconceived notion was that the Cardinals are going to, like, look good in some cases and look bad in others. And I guess that's the same way I feel about the Vikings. Like, they just both seem like teams that could be anywhere from seven to, let's call it 10 wins. Because at any given time, they can lose a game or they can win a game. I, I just feel like, they're the kinds of teams that play up or down to their opponent. Now, what you can't really say about that is from the Cardinals' standpoint, you know, they go in Tennessee and they blow the doors off the Titans. But then the Titans go up to Seattle and they stage a really incredible comeback against Seattle in Seattle with a full-throated crowd. So, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where the NFL, you know, what do we really know about any of these teams?
1: So, are you ruling out the Kyler Murray MVP candidacy?
3: I mean, I can't rule it out right now, but I don't believe that he's not. Like, I'm not. I wouldn't say he's an MVP candidate. Look, I would say Derek Carr is a better candidate for MVP right now than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's been turning the ball over, man. And you haven't really seen that with Derek Carr. So that's that's what I would say.
1: Do you believe that his celebration was not Baby Yoda?
3: I don't know what his celebration was. I, I find that it's. It's hard for me to believe that, like, people haven't seen any Star Wars movies. Like, I will admit that I I know, like, okay, I think we talked about this when we worked together. Like, I, I have seen every Star Wars movie. I love the Star Wars movies. I have not seen, or I think did more than one episode of The Mandalorian. I was trying to watch it, I think, when I was still in Oakland, and working for the RJ covering the Raiders and I just was not in the state of mind that I could watch it right like it just bored me and so I haven't tried to pick it up yet so it is believable to me that he has not seen the Mandalorian but the fact that he's like not watched any Star Wars at all like where you been
1: were you in a bad state of mind because there was constantly a train driving by your place
3: yes probably that had <laughs> probably a lot to do with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: fair. uh how excited are you for the Davis Mills era to begin in Houston?
3: Um, probably more excited than you are because I'm sure you're sad that your guy, Tyrod Taylor, has just once again been uh, snake bitten. Like, you know, whatever deal that Tom Brady had made with the devil. I think Tyrod must have made the opposite deal with, like, somebody, I don't know who, or some entity. Because, like, why is it that every time Tyrod seems to get a pretty decent opportunity, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get concussed first, right? Then it's, oh, actually, the team doctor is going to puncture your lung when you're getting a painkilling injection for your ribs so you can go out there and play. And now it's, oh, yeah you know what, actually, in your revenge game, as you're running into the end zone for a touchdown to kind of cap off what was a really good first half for him against Cleveland Browns, he pulls his hamstring. Like, that is so just unfair from the football gods to Tyrod Taylor. So it's great that we get to see Davis Mills versus Sam Darnold on Thursday night football. It's really exciting. (laughs)
2: Well, I mean, you do lead us into another story. Sam Darnold has been pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, as a Jets fan, I think a lot of us are like, wait, what is happening here? A lot of us wanted to keep Darnold around. It's early, but he looks pretty good.
3: Well, Darnold doesn't play for the Jets anymore. And I think that anybody that would play with that uh, collection of talent that is right there in New York is probably not going to look very good. I yeah. think, you know, that's not all Zach Wilson's fault that he threw four picks I mean, some of it is, and he's a rookie and he's playing a bill Belichick defense. It's going to confuse him. Like those are the kinds of things that are going to happen, but also, you know, Darnold is in a much better situation from an offensive line standpoint, from an offensive scheme standpoint um, there with Joe Brady. Look, if Darnold continues to play as well as he has played, and I think he also got a factor in the fact um, that Christian McCaffrey is back. This year, he's been healthy through the first two games. He's leading the league in yards from scrimmage. Like Anybody that's got Christian McCaffrey in their backfield is going to look that much better. Um, he's also got Robbie Anderson on the outside. He's got DJ Moore. Like There is a good collection of talent there. And like I said, Joe Brady is a really good offensive schemer as well. Like That should look like it has looked through the first couple of weeks. And again, they played the Jets. They played the Saints. I'm not sure how good the Saints are going to be, despite the fact that you know, they beat the bejesus out of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in Week One. There's always a wonky result from Week One. I feel like that one might be it um, as we continue throughout this season. So let's see how Darnold and that that group looks after a quarter of the season. You know, half we get through half the season, maybe we'll feel a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, you're right. So far, he's looked really good, and if he continues to play like this, Joe Brady's going to be a head coach somewhere next year.
2: Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk is with us. Uh deep diving, nuts and bolts stuff here, but you covered the Raiders. Adam covers the Raiders. I'll ask both of you guys first, Miles. Uh what's going on here with Nevin Lawson? Uh taking visit well, he was cut, but taking visits to the Jaguars, I guess. Is this it? Done with the Raiders? Uh
3: probably, right? I mean, it's Hobbs uh has been pretty good at slot corner for these first couple weeks. And anytime you get suspended you get the opportunity to get Wally picked you know you may never get your job back and so with Hobbs is doing as well as he has and correct me if i'm wrong Anna but it just seems like that is what made Lawson uh, expendable
1: he's been he's been very good yeah Hobbs has and i think it was almost like that insurance policy right you keep you didn't have to worry about having him on the roster he was suspended so we didn't count so you had two games to see where you are with your secondary and when he comes off suspension they're like yeah where do you fit like, we're good. And, by the way, third straight year starting suspended. Not a great sign for Nevin Lawson. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's moved on. And, hey, if somebody gets hurt in the next couple of weeks, he doesn't have a job. Maybe they bring him back because he knows the scheme. But, uh, yeah, I think for right now uh, they have moved on. So, right, yeah. Miles, That's- tell me
2: that behind the scenes in the league, uh, maybe before the Sunday night football game, that, that Raj called the head of officials and he's like, you know what, the taunting thing, cut it out. Let's stop throwing the flags.
3: I hope that he uh, can do something like that or would do something like that. Look, it, it's been weird to see how many taunting flags there have been. And you look at it, like there have been 11 taunting flags the first two weeks of the season. There were 11 taunting flags in the entirety of the 2020 season. Okay, so like, our, our guy at PFT, Josh Schopper, pointed that out. So that, to me, screamed like, all right, you may have wanted something to be a point of emphasis, but I think there's a difference between point of emphasis and like going too far overboard and listening to Ron Rivera talk today, he was saying that they just want to prevent things from getting out of hand. And I just feel like there's a difference between like, all right, we want to prevent things from getting out of hand. And, you know, Mike Edwards records two pick sixes in a row against the Atlanta Falcons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. And he backs his way into the end zone and they throw a taunting flag for that. (laughs) He wasn't really showing up anybody. He just backed his way into the end zone because guess what? He just got two freaking pick sixes in a row, and that doesn't happen very often. So I feel like if that's what's going on there, then know the game. Know the situation. That's not really taking things too far. That's not out of hand. That is – I am being a lot better than you right now, and I'm just going to show it to you because that's the way it works. That's competition. And so I I just – I understand the, oh, well, we don't want things to go too far. We don't want this. We don't want that. But, like, there are things that happen in the heat of battle and competition that really aren't taking things too far. And so we've seen this in the past where they they talk about things as points of emphasis, and, you know, we see all these flags in the first couple weeks, and then after that it's like, okay, I think we made our point, so we'll stop doing that as much. I I feel like that's what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks because the league doesn't want us to keep talking about taunting penalties. Like, this is silly. Like, there's so many good things happening on the field. The taunting penalty should not be the thing that we talk about.
2: Yeah, my joke about doing it before Sunday Night Football was in reference to the fact that Lamar Jackson did a somersault, which was completely premeditated on a touchdown late in the game. And then last night on Monday Night Football, Robert Tanyan, uh, the tight end for the Packers, uh, he he drew an interference flag, and then he's uh, like, rumbling another seven yards celebrating. I'm like, if we're going to do this, let's do it. You can't be inconsistent. So let's let's move on. I want to close on this one, real important one. What exactly is going to happen the rest of the season with the Cowboys on the running back position? Are we going to see like a 60 40 split here with Zeke Elliott, who's getting paid, you know, upwards of like 17 mil, a 60 40 split with him and Pollard? And is that a bad thing?
3: Well, it's not a bad thing if they keep winning. You know, I think the only thing Jerry Jones really cares about is winning. And so you paid Zeke Elliott because you thought that he would give you the best chance to win. And now if it turns out that the lower paid running back is going to be that guy for you, then you just got to go with the hot hand. And it's one of those really interesting things about the running back position, you know, where you could say that Zeke played like the kind of running back that you pay, you know, he's great in pass protection. He can go out there and he can give you an explosive run. He knows how to catch the ball. Those are things that make a special running back, but. At the same time, whenever you get somebody that comes in there with a hot hand, and it's like, oh well, that's the guy we should feed, then it's probably the guy that you should feed. And so that's why we talk about running backs being expendable. There are only a few in this league that really aren't. And I think like Alvin Kamara is one of them. Christian McCaffrey is one of them. You'd think that Zeke Elliott's one of them. Uh, Derrick Henry, obviously one of them. But he's just a freak of nature. So you would. It's hard to say whether or not that running game is going to be, you know, like 60, 40 and what they're going to do. But, you know, I think Kellen Moore is smart enough to know that if you've got one running back, that's obviously outperforming the other. That's the one that you're going to play more often. And frankly, I don't think Jerry Jones gives a rat's patoot um, okay. if the, if it ends up that they're winning and that they win the NFC. So I, I think that he just wants to win.
2: What's coming up rest of the week on PFT and Peacock?
3: Uh, we we'll, we are back on Peacock with PFTPM. I'm on there tomorrow and also on Friday. That is two o'clock Pacific. You can catch that on the Peacock network, which is the extreme. Excuse me, the exclusive streaming home of The Office.
1: <laughs> That's Easy
3: important. for me to say.
2: Yes, Miles, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you, guys. There he is, Miles Simmons. All right, coming up in about 15 minutes, we're gonna check in with Sam Paniatovich, uh, How he's doing in the super contest. We'll find out how Adam's doing in the Super Contest, and uh, yeah, we will actually mention the number because it's growing with Ty God out and Davis Mills in. All of a sudden, the Panthers, who a lot of people didn't think were going to be very good, are bigger and bigger favorites on TNF.
0: The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company.
2: I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. You can sit in the sun and can't. A little Fat Pack. Talk Vegas, talk food, talk fitness. (laughs) Not really. Uh, Reminder, tomorrow another edition of the marcus arroyo radio show west side of town it's always at parkway tavern two different locations but uh tomorrow 6 30 to 7 30 flamingo and 215 during happy hour there's two of them one starts at midnight the other starts at three in the afternoon you've got a three four five and six dollar specials like chicken fingers for six bucks you get the fried pickles for five three dollar domestic drafts house wine and well cocktails and like I said, Marcus Arroyo Radio Show goes down tomorrow night. Come out live. Ask the coach questions. Parkway Tavern at Flamingo and 215. So, speaking of the roads. See how I did that? Speaking of the roads. We just got some news in. Your boy Akers at the RJ was just talking about the uh, contractor selected for the Tropicana and 15 project. Which will really turn into the Tropicana and 15 projects along with... What goes down at uh, Russell and Hacienda, because it'll extend. You know, they're going to have to do that whole area. The
1: price initially. Am I saying something wrong? No, I, don't, I just don't know why you're you're talking about a project that we did like five years ago. Like, this is over. They, this they is old news. Happens, this is old news, right? They haven't started yet. Now. No, but we. Oh, they did. They made it worse with the, the weird access lanes that are backed up. Oh, now they have every to do day. it over again, yeah. We just did this. Why, why are we doing the story now? It's done. Now they're going to have to do more. Wait, uh,
2: what? I know. Okay. I know. Well, I mean, they, you know what? Thank God they're admitting basically in the plans like we gotta fix that because it's that, <laughs> It sucks. And the uh, the seventeen mile backup trying to get onto the two fifteen west. Um, all right, so dropping fifteen though. Uh, the other thing I, I didn't know that Acres mentioned in the story was that that bridge going over the fifteen is that where the jumper was? Um, yeah, the, Yeah, the that that's actually not that it's gonna like collapse, but it it's got it needs some structural help because it's had so much more volume oh, yeah. than they expected. Uh, so anyway the initial price was 230 million dollars to fix that area and, and clearly you're gonna have you have to fix drop in 15 because now you've got a I almost call it a basketball arena a hockey arena and arena right you know right there you've got the football stadium off in the distance you might have a baseball stadium right there eventually 230 million was the original price now the estimate is 305 so at 305 that would now push the official public monies going to the stadium to uh, what is it 1.055 billion
1: dollars sure I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna count it. well, like road's We are part of needed it. it anyway. We do need it. Like, this we is do need it, and it's actually we should you know, have done.
2: In a lot of ways, we need that Tropon fifteen fixed because it's a it's a disaster. And we didn't even mention you know going past Mandalay and trying to get on I fifteen north is unbelievable. That merge lane. That's the one where, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was talking about the other way going south. But you're right, the merge lane going north, where it's just you know people are cutting in. You can't get on the fifteen. It's just you know. It's craziness. It's a complete and total disaster. It's, it's craziness. Hopefully that gets fixed. But the, but the fix for what was done going south is also needed. So please get it right this time.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one going north needs to be done tomorrow.
2: Boy, oh boy I, I we talk about the roads all the time here with the Spaghetti Bowl. And now, now they're starting to fix stuff around downtown, beyond the Spaghetti Bowl going east. That's going to be crazy. They've had lanes closed that way.
1: By the way, I won't take that access road. To go from 15 south to 215 west. What do you do? Just get off at Russell? I go Russell, no. go over and go to go to Decatur and go Decatur, get on the yeah. – I, I, It makes no sense to sit in that. It's, it's like two-mile no. line. Because it's also infuriating because, I don't know, one of every
2: five cars jumps ahead and tries to dart in, I and know. then you want to run people off the road. I so. don't worry. I, I, I slide over. I've, I've heard. I've heard. I've heard you're a protector. <laughs> you're a lane protector. Yes. Yeah. I've heard there. Yeah. If I'm in line, you might hear the
1: horn might be 17 cars back like
2: you everyone needs a honk at that person jump the line
1: honk, honk the horn all you want i my radio's turned up to like full max you know volume and i've so noticed well. that
2: almost no one recognized the horn anymore <laughs> the good old days that you can get a horn recognition although horn recognition now in 2021 means someone comes out and shoots at you so good good luck you, you kind of can't win they either don't notice or
1: their guns are blazing good luck have, hearing uh, my horn over the loudest hip-hop you've ever heard on the road people love that i think they're gonna get it right this time though let's hope so they, that's it. That's if you're... they get it right, I'm totally fine with the money. Yeah. Let's get it right. It was a disaster last time.
2: It's crazy. I was going to UNLV practice early this morning. I'm like, I'm on Rancho. I don't know why I'm here. How did this but happen? That was, yeah. That... <laughs> How did this happen? Get money? Why, why get money?
0: Money, why... It's Colefield and Company's Eye on Sports betting. Betty. Betty with Sammy P. Sammy P. Sammy P.
2: All right. We're going to have to show guts of the burglar here. Can we do it? Can we do it? Uh, the entire show, and then Sam was on it. Well, I wouldn't say the entire show. Adam Hill and I were on Jacksonville last week. I know Sam was on Jacksonville last week. Uh, this number, Sam, Arizona and Jacksonville, feels like it should be freaking Jack's pushing like 10. It's seven, seven and a half. We got to go back to the Jaguars, right? We got to do it. <sighs>
4: Nobody was more excited in the country than me. I wish you could have seen me in my apartment when Trevor Lawrence throws a 25 yard dart to the end zone for a touchdown Jag seven Broncos, nothing. I was the smartest guy in the world. And then the offense didn't score another touchdown. <laughs> it's, it's one of those spots too. When you're betting analyst guy, you know, if you get the Jags, right? It's like, Oh, nice. You get the Jags wrong though. You're a fool. Yep. And I'm in this position now where I want so bad, so bad to go back on Jacksonville, getting the seven against Arizona. But I don't know that I can be Jaguar guy again. You know, you don't come back from that two weeks in a row if you get throttled.
2: I mean, your freaking, your bartender guy loved Denver. All Everything said it had to be the Jaguars. He actually texted me on a
4: Monday for the first time in three years. He's making Sundays picks on Monday now, apparently. Wow. And um, well, good. no, he did. He didn't make any picks yet. And for those that don't know, the bartender is the best at being the worst gambler. Eleven and twenty-three last year in the NFL. So he's come out of the shoot two weeks in a row with Denver, and Denver's of course two and zero straight up, two and zero against the number. He texted me on Monday. I kid you not. Quote: I might just bet Denver all season. Wow. So he has reinvented the wheel. Yes. At the age of 53, he's just going to bet the team until the well goes dry. And now of course Denver is laying 10 and a half against the Jets. Who by the way, who who do the Broncos have blackmail on to start the season with Giants, Jags, Jets? What, what how the hell does that happen?
2: Amazing, right? Sam Paniotovic is with us. I'm not even sure we intro you coming in. I was so fired up to talk to you. Sam Paniotovic from Nesson and uh, Fox Sports is with us. All right. Uh, great start for the Raiders, not only straight up, but also against the spread. Now, it looks like people are firing against them, which is kind of crazy because Tua is iffy. Do we get good news? Well, good. did the Dolphins get good news on Tua? Because I see a couple of four and a half, but I see mostly three and a half now Vegas over the Dolphins.
4: I don't think there's a big drop-off between Tua and Brissett, honestly, especially wow. if you give Brissett a full week to prepare. Tua has proven nothing to me in this league. In a very short period of time, what, 11, 12 starts now, he's been average, and that is Jacoby Brissett. So you can't make too big of an adjustment as a bookmaker. You know, if it's Aaron Rodgers to Brissett, sure, we're six, seven points, but Tua to Brissett, maybe it's a point, maybe. And here's what you have to remember now, the Raiders are getting sexy. Two straight games as an underdog. They win outright. Now their role has flipped. And now there's no wiggle room in a tie game when Miami potentially, you know, loses by a field goal. You got to win by four to cover this bet. And, look, I have never loved laying points with John Gruden. I just – it makes me nauseous thinking about it. It's not to say that the Raiders aren't a good team. It's not to say the Raiders can't be a playoff team. But would you be surprised if Miami's defense came into Vegas and shut them down?
2: Really? Wouldn't be shocking. And I also – I mean, I think there's a legit concern with the Raiders after the last couple of years. Now it's very early, but they that they don't always uh, deal well with prosperity. Uh, let, let's go back to bad team betting. It looks like people are betting on the Jets. And, again, that's another one. You really got to nut up to take the Jets. They were 11. Now they're 10 and a half. Uh, and again, we just mentioned the Broncos are off to this good start, and you said, "Hey, what well, this schedule's amazing." Can you bet the Jets?
4: No, I can't. Super contest. I went three and two last week. My two losses were the Jets and the Jags. Oh so I'm, I'm so scarred, man. It's the hardest thing to do when you take a bad team and they get throttled. It's so hard that next week to go back. Even though I'll tell you this right now, I feel very confident that one of these two teams is going to cover, either Jacksonville or the New York Jets. I just don't know which one it is. I and I. I don't want to play Russian roulette again in back-to-back weeks, um, but, man, Denver has gone from minus three on the road to minus six on the road, open minus 11 at home. Like, man, if, if the Broncos are a stock right now, they're the hottest spread stock in the NFL. There's no team. And I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFL, but right. from where they are, or from where they were, rather, before the season when they're a three-point favorite at the Giants – now they're an 11, 10-and-a-half-point favorite at home two weeks later. I can't compute that, but I don't need to be Mr. au and just take the <laughs> points because Zach Wilson stinks, dude. And until he shows me something, yeah. man, he threw four picks against the Patriots. He could have thrown seven. They
2: They're terrible interceptions too, just, just absolutely awful. You got a feel for three-and-a-half with uh, the Niners favored against the Packers.
4: I'll be on the Niners here. That's for sure. Let me actually give your listeners something to nibble on. Um, This is a run attack that Green Bay will not be able to stop. The Packers got gashed against the Saints. Saints have a good offensive line, and then Jameis tore up play action. Like, if you can beat Green Bay at the line of scrimmage, you can beat the snot out of them. And that's what happened with New Orleans. Now, Detroit can't run, and their coach was also a moron. They were running well first quarter, second quarter, and then – he decided to stop running against a defense that can't stop the run, and he put the game in Jared Goff's hands. That's why Dan Campbell is coaching the Lions. Like, this this thing keeps happening in Detroit. They hire the wrong guy all the time. But Kyle Shanahan is going to run and run and run, and he might run some more. They are a run-first team with a great offensive line, which opens up their speed skill down the field, play action to George Kittle, San Francisco's offense is going to be very tough tough to stop in this spot, and this is one of those spots, Sunday night football, Packers, short week. I want no part of that, and you also have to think about what the public's going to do. Oh, wow, Aaron Rodgers getting points. I love that. Let me money line it. Let me parlay this. The Packers are going to be one of the most public Sunday sides of the season, and this will be one of those rare occasions on Sunday night when the books are actually – going to probably need the favorite to cover here. The Packers are definitely going to get more money. That money's not going to stop coming in. I'm already looking some books reporting 80% of the tickets on the Packers. 80% already. Um, Imagine what that number looks like by the time we get to the weekend and the public money starts rolling in. Holy cow, that's going to be an avalanche on the Packers. And that makes me happy about being on the Niners.
2: College football, the Heisman market. Um, I think it's wide open, but the numbers don't suggest that because now there's a a new entrant into the uh, top of the heap, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, and he controls his own destiny. He's got some big spots coming up, and you have an awesome number on him from months back.
4: I told your guys, told your audience, it was 39-1 to at Circa. That was before I flew into town and you ditched me again when you left when I flew in, remember that? You remember that?
2: Every time, yep, every time.
4: He was 39 to 1 at Circa. And I'm like, this number is just wrong. Now, I'll give Circa credit. They make guys that they're not high on juicier. And that's what Metcalf and his team do. He, that, that was the best number in the world. They had 39 to 1 on Corral. He reminded me coming into the season of a guy like Johnny Manziel, who's scary with both his arm and his legs. They play freaking fast. So it's tough to sort of prepare for that attack. And he's kind of shifty, man. Like he, you know, he can cut on a dime and, and trick a cornerback or a a quick outside linebacker in pursuit. They're just very shifty. That offense is is lights out right now. I, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you to take Corral at two to one. I think it's interesting. You could find Spencer Rattler at eighteen or twenty to one. He was five or six to one before the season. So you could triple your money on Rattler now. If you're looking for a guy to buy low on, Spencer Rattler's one of them. But, yeah, we did good work on Corral. We did our job. He's got to do his now. Two weeks, they go to Alabama. And I'll be ta- I'll be taking the points for sure with Ole Miss. That's a quarterback. Historically, that type of cat gives Nick Saban defense his fits. And that tie defense is not what it used to be. That's an offensive football. After years of winning national championships without a quarterback, his last couple have been without a defense. Let's Let's not get it twisted
2: one more game in the big 10 adam big michigan fan oh yeah i like rockers um Rutgers was 18 and a half a dog they're now 20 well one of their two of their players actually uh, one of their starting cornerbacks actually got arrested for uh, shacking the fool because he was driving around campus and they were shooting paintball guns at other students dummies um but yeah this actually moved the point and a half today it's a now it's michigan 20.
4: Yeah, I don't know about you. I upgrade my teams after uh, arrests. You know, I think that gives them more personality, more edge. They're sure. tougher, right? No, um, yeah, not not the greatest news to wake up to today. That Rutgers, uh, one of their starting corners, is uh, not going to play because he's just he's suspended for uh, shooting paintballs. But look, Rutgers has more skill and speed than anybody realizes. They've got a senior quarterback, and they actually tackle. Unlike the teams that Michigan has played in two of their three games so far, I just, you know, don't don't look at that box score against Northern Illinois, sixty-three to ten, and think that that's the true story. Because Rutgers, they've got some guys that can make some plays in space, and if Michigan goes up twenty-one to nothing, they're going to call the dogs off. Because guess what? They got a pretty big game. The following week after they play Rutgers so this is a tough spot for Michigan and you got a Rutgers team here that does have more speed and skill they've been getting some talent in there the last two or three seasons you'll see that talent at the big house on Saturday
2: will you be doing shots if they stay in the game
4: a hundred percent would you like me to do a shot for every Rutgers touchdown again
2: I mean I think you did it last year what wasn't it what was the number do you remember what the number was against Ohio State and they, they were within hailing distance and you were screaming on social media
4: Ohio State was up 35 to three, I believe, and your boy was catching 38 and a half. So I decided, I made a decision at that point in time. I'm just going to take a shot of whatever I've got for every Rutgers touchdown. They cut the lead to like 10. So I think going forward, anytime I take points with Rutgers, I'm going to have to fire one down the gullet whenever they score a touchdown. It's just, it's something that has to happen, and I'm happy to provide that service.
2: You're the man. Sam, thank you miss you, boys. See you soon. There Thanks, he is. Ryan. Sam Panigatowicz, Nesson, and Fox Sports. I didn't agree with a couple of things he said on the michigan Rutgers game. You don't so, think Rutgers tackles? Uh, they didn't last week. So, I know Greg Shannon was really pissed off. They tackled kind of poorly in their game, believe it or not, against Delaware, um, who's actually a really good FCS Solid team. program. Yeah. Uh, top five in FCS. Um, I I actually – I believe it's the opposite that uh, in terms of – when they play Ohio State, Michigan, Harbaugh will run it up. He will run it up, and Ohio State doesn't because Shiano coached there for a little bit. So he, I think Brian Day calls off the dogs. But I, I think if they get a chance to freaking blow him off the field, they'll do it. What yeah, do you think? I think so. Well, uh, and Kenney, I also because I can tell McAmara killed him last year. Right, but it I was also, like it was like he played two and a half games. That was one of the games he played. It was like it was he was unbelievable.
1: I think my take on it is it's hard for Michigan to they're not they're, they're so not good player. running the ball no, it's that's, hard that's, to let it off the gas pedal. but that's what it is when you yeah. run the ball that well when your team is based on running the ball and you do it that well what are you doing like do you start throwing to call off the dogs like <laughs> yeah. we'll do our, our less impactful offensive maneuver which is throw the ball uh i guess i mean when that that is the issue when when you if you're laying a big number you want to be doing it with a running team that, that is capable of doing it because when they try to start you know, draining clock, they're still going to gain a lot of yards. Uh, Coming up, we got to get into the uh, best part of Monday Night Football last night, and that was the Manning
2: cast, and the question that has to be asked now, are they going to take Levy and Brian Greasy and Louis Riddick and uh, put them somewhere deeply embedded on ESPN Plus?
0: Finley Toyota, they'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.